This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Thursday, June 9th. I'm Matt Hoish. And I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, county considers land use code amendment. Drag over easy with area petty one. Tell your eye chats construction. And a mountain weather forecast. The San Miguel Board of County Commissioners postponed making a decision on a land use code amendment at their meeting on Wednesday. The amendment, which already passed the Planning Commission 4-1, to is to allow social and scenic uses, such as weddings, in the F-Zone. County Planning Director Kay Simonson notes the amendment was requested by the Planning Department and Commission. It was in response to several properties that are being used as wedding venues. So we have an enforcement uh, issue where... We have no avenue by which to approve uses that are becoming quite common. The amendment would allow one-step planning commission review for a variety of events with up to 200 people. Such as location, as a location for weddings, meetings, retreats, reunions, video and film, photo shoots and commercials on parcels containing 35 acres or more. Any event over 200 would require a two-step review from the planning commission and BOCC. The permits for both, Simonson explains, would be blanket allowances rather than needing to reapply for each event. If somebody, you know, say was hosting, you know, 10 weddings in one summer, I'd hate to process 10 special use permits for that. So it is allowing this activity and then they have the flexibility and at their discretion as to exactly when. County Commissioner Chris Holstrom is concerned with the cumulative impacts that could come from these events. If I started doing this commercially on my property, it seems like there's no real way to say, well, you you can do it once, you can do it 10 times, you could do it every day. And I think that's, a, I had a concern citizen contact us last year for the road impacts on from weddings up in a certain area. Commissioner Lance Waring sees a perpetual annual review as a possible guardrail to address Holstrom's concerns. Because I think Commissioner Holstrom's concerns are that things change and one year you could have four events and the next year you could have 40. And those are both very different impacts. Holstrom also wants venues to commit to a cap on the number of events they would host. I mean, I think they should be say, um, I'm going to, you know, we're going to have 10 weddings this year. So that, or, or I no mean, more than no more than 10. Um, because I think just seeing, having seen the impacts of those up close and personal, I am wary. The commissioners want staff to add language to the amendment addressing the concerns around cumulative impacts. Both Waring and Holstrom voted to continue the public hearing to their meeting next week on Wednesday, June 15th. Commissioner Hillary Cooper was not at this week's meeting. For anyone with a wedding already on the books, fret not about the romantic question of permitting. Here's Simonson. Yeah, code enforcement being what it is, you know, we (laughs) prioritize. In the words of Commissioner Holstrom, quote, people will be getting hitched. Since the dawn of time, men have been dressing as women and women have been dressing as men. But the art of drag has become more popular over the past years, with drag queens taking the world by storm. This weekend, The View at Mountain Lodge is hosting a Drag Over Easy brunch featuring Durango drag queen Aria Pettywan. KOTO News spoke with Pettywan about the importance of drag and how she got her start. It was around the time um, when everyone was talking about, like, uh, bum rushing area 51. Me and my partner are watching TV and we're like, it's on the like, we're watching the news and it's on there. And I'm just like, this is hilarious. And 
then like this commercial came on later for like um with life on mars by david bowie it's a god awful small affair and i was like oh why have i never heard a drag queen do this song yet this is a perfect like drag song and then i'm just like sitting there i'm just like ooh, like all the neurons just started like exploding at one time and connecting and whatnot and i was just like oh wow i'm like and i looked at my and i just remember looking at my fiance and going i was like i'm gonna be a big green alien drag queen Once I like did my first show on Halloween of 2019, like it just was like intoxicating. Like honestly, like it really felt like, wow, this is something I need to like be doing. Drag is just like any other art form. It's performance art. It's um, taking gender and the idea of what gender can be and kind of flipping it on, flipping it on its head a little bit. I think it's important because it's it's very much like rebellion to me. Drag has always kind of been like from what I've seen has always been looked at as. Um, when we see something, we say some, we say it, we don't like it, we talk about it, we mention it, we speak up about it. And I think that's what a lot of like, people do with their performances too. There's a lot of really political drag performers who really use their drag to talk about real issues. I appreciate, you know, people like, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race, Dragula and the Boulay Brothers, you know, Camp Wanakiki, all these shows that have pretty much kind of brought drag to the mainstream because without them, I don't think there would be so much of a calling for it or like a necessity for it or a want for it. I think drag for a long time and the norm was like more like a kink or like some kind of weird fetish or something. And it's not, it's art. Just like, you know, like sculpting or painting or anything else. It's just like, it's just another art form. So I think that is uh, something that's been good about the commercialization. It showed people that we're not like, degenerate perverts and stuff like that like we are just you know artists or people who like grew up in theater or grew up acting and this is like you know another facet for us to do that with My drag is definitely way more um, new, I guess, and more modern drag, I would say. Um, I don't, I didn't really want to be like a beautiful woman. I thought that was, you know, everyone that's kind of, like, that's kind of played out. Like everyone's a beautiful woman. I was like, but why not be a sexy green alien? Why not? Just come, find some friends, just come. Like, honestly, like, we just have a lot of fun. It's just like, I've had so many of my, like, you know, just cisgender hetero friends come to shows and just be like, like with their girlfriends or like just come to support, just, you know, just support me and stuff like that. And they were like, and then afterwards they'd be like, man, I honestly did not expect to have any fun or just kind of just sit here and just drink and just be like, all right, whatever. But honestly, you guys just, 
are so entertaining and you put on such a good show and it's just yeah it's just fun like all we do is just we're just here to have some fun we're just really beautiful energetic clowns that's all we are so it's like just come hang out in the circus with us Aria Petty One, along with Queen's Electric's Cute, Auspicious Behavior, and Drag King, Chad, will perform Drag Over Easy Drag Brunch at The View at Mountain Lodge in Mountain Village at noon on Sunday, June 12th. As temperatures rise, so does construction, as well as construction impacts. On Thursday, Telluride Town Council had an open-ended discussion about mitigating some of those impacts at their council retreat. Town Planning and Building Director Ron Quarles used regulations in another mountain area as a possible guide for town, the city of Aspen. So I, I thought I'd, I'd identify some of the things that are unique that we don't have in our construction management requirements. One unique element, Quarles explains, is Aspen requires noticing for all construction projects above certain thresholds. And these are, these are construction projects that are 1,000 square feet of soil disturbance or 400 square feet of building demolition. Those projects are also required to provide public project updates, at least monthly, and each project must have a sign with several pieces of information and contacts. When it comes to parking, Aspen requires projects to demonstrate they're minimizing the number of vehicles on site. Some of the things that they would require it for, for their consideration for each project, a project-sponsored van pool, a project shuttle, or a carpool program. That must be demonstrated before they, as a part of their traffic demand management plan. Aspen, Quarles adds, also has a city construction mitigation officer. Who does nothing but make sure that they're complying with the construction mitigation plan. The Aspen comparison, however, only goes so far. On the parking front, Mayor Delaney Young acknowledges Aspen is different from Telluride. Aspen and most other places have the uh, benefit of multiple exit routes from their neighborhoods and towns. We don't have that. So while we like to compare to other places, it is a little trickier for us just because of our compact size and narrow street turnarounds. Still, she notes vehicle permits would be an easy element of the parking question to tackle. But Young adds, there needs to be enforcement. I know personally when I'm walking around and I see construction sites, if those are the green tags that are supposed to be in vehicles at construction sites, I rarely, if ever, see them. Ever. Town manager Scott Robson agrees better enforcement would be a big first step, but there are challenges. Obviously, we're at a place right now where we have one code enforcement officer in, in the town, and we're working hard on that. Another issue Councilmember Adrian Christie thinks needs more enforcement is trash management. I know they're supposed to be sweeping, but... When you get multiple sites on one street, then it ends up there's like screws on the road or there people are getting flat tires, things like that. One option to make up for low enforcement capacity, Councilmember Geneva Seanette suggests, is adding a brief list of the construction rules to sites. And then if somebody's walking by and somebody's operating outside of that and they can make a call, that can sort of 
help with the accountability and enforcement. During public comment, Kathy Green also urged council to prohibit construction blocking streets on trash and recycling days. Our trash and recyclers have enough challenge getting their job done without too much stress than having to like miss houses or come back later because of construction. Construction needs to bend around their schedule. No final decisions came from Thursday's discussion. Several council members want to collect more data before changing permit allocations. Town Manager Robson also suggests engaging local contractors more in future discussions, which council agrees with. Buying a house can be a scary thing. It's a big investment, especially with mortgage and interest rates continuing to increase. But the Rural Homes Initiative, in collaboration with First Southwest Bank and the Impact Development Fund, are working together to help buyers increase their purchasing power when it comes to the Pinion Park neighborhood in Norwood. The partnership is combining down payment assistance, up to $25,000, with a specialized fixed-rate mortgage. In a news release, the group says they hope to help qualified buyers purchase homes that would previously be out of reach based on the current market. The collaboration is working specifically on the Pinion Park neighborhood, which will provide 24 deed-restricted single-family homes for sale for locals. More information is available at pinionparknorwood.co. As throngs of visitors make their way to San Miguel County, you can sometimes forget the beautiful hikes in the heart of town. This weekend, the Wilkinson Public Library is encouraging the community to get to know each other and explore the nature in our backyard with a hike, or caminata, up Bear Creek. The library is encouraging the whole community, both English and Spanish speakers, to join for the Caminata por la Naturaleza. The Bear Creek Caminata will leave from the Wilkinson Public Library at 1 p.m. on Sunday, June 12th. Live music happenings are in bloom across the Telluride region this weekend. Friday, Devin Worley is playing music on the green in Reflection Plaza from 5 to 7 p.m. The High Country is on the La Marmont patio from 5.30 to 8 p.m. And the Buzz and Buffalo Commons is at the Sheridan Opera House from 8 to 9 p.m. Saturday, keep an ear out for Leslie Browning at Heritage Plaza from 1 to 6 p.m., the Joint Point Electric Luau at Mountain Lodge from 6 to 10 p.m., and Disco Fuego at the Transfer Warehouse from 6 to 9 p.m. Sunday, Andy Jones is at Heritage Plaza from 1 to 6 p.m., and Monday, Warren Gilbreth is playing at the Phoenix Bean from 6 to 7 p.m. For more information on live music happenings, check out KOTO's live music calendar at koto.org. The candidates running in Colorado's 3rd Congressional District primary answered questions at a public forum on Wednesday hosted by the League of Women Voters. KSJD's Lucas Brady-Woods reports. The five primary candidates who participated in the virtual forum included incumbent Lauren Boebert and challenger Don Corum on the Republican side. The Democratic side included Adam Frisch, Saul Sandoval, and Alex Walker. The candidates participated remotely in the forum, which was streamed online. Over the course of the event, they faced the same 11 questions, with one minute to answer each. The questions they were asked were selected with input from the public and covered a wide range of issues facing the 3rd District. All of the candidates emphasized three areas that are particularly impactful right now. 
drought, mental health, and inflation. Many of them also touted their abilities to reach independent voters and build consensus across the aisle, except Representative Lauren Boebert, who embraced her opposition to the Biden administration and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Other issues covered included election integrity, gun control, public lands, pharmaceutical prices, abortion access, and immigration. Also notable was the repeated criticism of Representative Boebert's record and behavior from her Republican challenger and the Democrats. For the most part, however, the event was without controversy. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, I'm Lucas Brady-Woods. Governor Jared Polis has vetoed a bill that would have required developers to include electric vehicle chargers in new building projects. KOTO Scott Franz has more. Polis says the law would have increased housing costs at a time many Coloradans are struggling to pay rent. The bill would have required charging stations in new multifamily construction projects greater than 25,000 square feet. New commercial buildings would have to include the chargers starting in 2023. Environmental groups are criticizing the veto. George Marlin heads Colorado Communities for Climate Action. He says the plan would have allowed low-income residents to benefit from electric cars. He also says it's cheaper to include the chargers in new builds rather than adding them later. The bill is one of four Polis has vetoed so far. I'm Scott Franz at the state capitol. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly clear skies tonight with a low in the mid-50s. Friday should be sunny during the day and mostly clear at night with a high near 80 degrees and a low around 55. Saturday, there is a 20% chance of showers with mostly sunny skies and a high near 80. Winds could gust as high as 25 miles per hour. Saturday night, expect partly cloudy skies with a low around 50 degrees. This has been the news for Thursday, June 9th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, personal commentaries. I'm here with Sally Davis and the Frisky Fox Troop. We have a show this Saturday at the Telluride High School. How about we hear from some of our cast members? Hello, my name's Tegan. I am the Mandric of Fearsport and the River. Hi, uh, my name is Bobby and I am a Frisky Fox. Hi, my name is Willa and I'm Mandric, which is a fair, a forest. Um, spirit, and I'm a river too. Hello, my name's Ellie, and I am a frisky fox. Hello, I'm Pierce, and I'm Bumblebee. Hello, I'm Eleanor, and I'm another frisky fox. Hello, I'm Enzo, and I'm a frisky fox. My name's Lane, and I'm a frisky fox. My name's Dash, and I'm a snake. My name is Krista, and I'm a snake. Um, my name's Enzo, and I am a lightning bolt. My name is Frankie, and I am a raccoon. Ow. Hello, my name is Caroline, and I am a frisky fox. The Frisky Fox's Troop presents Misunderstanding in the Enchanted Forest, Bumblebees, Magic Trees, and a Giant with a Golden Potato. This show is directed by Sally Davis in collaboration with Matisse Mulligan and Molly Tice. It'll be performed this Saturday, June 11th at 12 p.m. at the Telluride High School in room number 256. 
you can get there through the west entrance by the roundabout. This is a Telluride Academy production and it is free for all. We hope to see you there. President Biden commemorated the anniversary of the January 6th in 2021 at the Capitol with a forceful address. The following are quotes from his speech. To state the obvious, democracy was attacked, simply attacked. The will of the people was under assault. The Constitution, our Constitution, faced the gravest threats. For the first time in our history, a president had not just lost an election, he tried to prevent the peaceful transfer of power as a violent mob breached the Capitol. We make sure that such an attack never happens again. Close your eyes. Go back to that day. What do you see? Rioters rampaging waving for the first time inside the Capitol a Confederate flag that symbolized the cause to destroy America, to rip us apart. What else do you see? A mob breaking windows, kicking in doors, breaching the Capitol, American flags on poles being used as weapons, as spears, fire extinguishers being thrown at the heads of police officers. But what did we not see? We didn't see a former president who had just rallied the mob to attack, sitting in the private dining room off the Oval Office in the White House, watching it all on television, and doing nothing for hours as police were assaulted, lives at risk, and the nation capital under siege. Here's the truth. The election of 2020 was the greatest demonstration of democracy in the history of this country. Right now, in state after state, new laws are being written not to protect the vote, but to deny it. Not only to suppress the vote, but to subvert it. Here's just, he's not just a former president, he's a defeated former president defeated by a margin of over 7 million of your votes in a full and free election. The big lie being told by a former president and his supporters is that the mob who sought to impose their will through violence are the nation's true patriots. Is that what you thought when you looked at the mob ransacking the Capitol, destroying property, literally defecating in the halls, rifling through the desks of senators and representatives. They came here in rage, not in service of America, but rather in service of one man. The former president, who lies about this election 
and the mob that attacked the Capitol could not be further away from core American values. We have to be firm, resolute, and unyielding in our defense of the right to vote and to have that vote count. So now let us step up, write the next chapter in American history, where January 6th marks not the end of democracy, but the beginning of a re renaissance of liberty and fair play. Thank you. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.